Now I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see Okay, so welcome back to Countdown to the Comeback. Yeah, I don't know. I just got really excited. I thought you were going to do Yeehaw. <laughs> I almost was, but it's in a, I sounded like a, I don't know, a smoke alarm. Well, you're the sexiest smoke alarm I've I ever seen. I am. Five alarm fire. I blow dried for today's episode. Your Doesn't hair looks really good. It looks fabulous today, doesn't it? It really does. You are having a superior <laughs> I hair know. Day. I was looking at it going, what did I do? I don't remember. And and it's no, glossy, right? You it's guys fun. should see it. It's, it's fantastic. It's very pretty. Uh, so here we are. It's episode nine. Valerie hangs out with the cool kids. We open with, well, maybe I should ask... I should ask you your general thoughts. Wait, what's your... Uh, no! We're done with that segment of the show. No more general thoughts. Scale from one to ten? No. Okay. Duty. Duty. <laughs> Scale from one you to duty. you ask me questions I don't like, I'm just going to say duty now. All right. Okay. I don't like details. All right, so we open up and we are walking and talking on the studio lot with uh, Valerie Cherish. And she's... Letting us know that room and board has been retooled, and Jane asks if she's nervous. Um, Valerie tells her that she's been in TV twenty years and no longer feels anything. But we kind of know that's. I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe her at all. (laughs) But before she's going in to find out what the changes are, Mickey comes running up like he's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, out of breath. And he's got a very special present for her. And he wants to give it to her before she goes into the meeting. Because he's... I think he thinks she's getting cut. Yeah, I think he thinks something shitty is really And trying to save his job at the same time. Right. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about Mickey. He's winded and he wanted to make sure she had this very special gift. And it is a locket, well, or a pendant that has a four-leaf clover. For good luck. Maybe it'll help in the meeting. That's like one of those gifts when someone gives you, you're like, thanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. What do I do with this? And it's very Mickey because he seems to always be, he comes off like he's being really supportive. And then he's actually very cynical and negative. He'll always make these comments that don't help. No. You know, he's got the the world is ending mentality. He's like a chicken little. He is chicken little. He's a chicken little. So she takes it. She takes the gift and next she's in the meeting with the cast and the writers and Tom lets them know that they are making changes but they're not big. They might seem big but they're not is what he tells them. Uh, Which is the kiss of death. <laughs> And you can see everybody sort of bracing themselves. And there's even a close-up. She's wearing the locket. I remember she has it yeah, on. Yeah, the Farley Flower, definitely. Because she, she does care. She was lying. Yeah, she does. Of course. And or she's thinking about Mark's lady butt. I'm you, just saying you she that, might be. You think that that's like her happy place? It or where be. she puts things in perspective? It's, it's cushy. I just want to rest my head on your lady butt. May I? 
So they are told that Cassie, one of the changes they're making is that Cassie is now going to live in the apartment alone by herself, which means that the boys and Shane will no longer live with her. They claim that it's really going to open it up and make it less claustrophobic. They're all not cut because... My phone dinged. The ding. I was getting an email. Personal. Personal moments. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so Shane and the boys are going to live in other apartments that are in the same building and that Aunt Sassy owns. And the look on Valerie Cherish's face is pure relief. Relief? But I think pure relief, but she still doesn't know. Right, quite. What's happening with her. Yeah. So, I didn't know if she was relieved yet or just like, okay. But she did kind they of. haven't mentioned me yet. She starts to smile at one point. Uh, and makes a comment about, like, oh, Aunt Sassy's a land baron. Yeah. <laughs> so she's now created a whole backstory that not only did they live in other apartments, she owns she's them all. She's forever creating backstories. It's so funny. I love that about her. Well, the writers don't do it for her. Why She's not? so emotionally attached to Aunt Sassy. And that's, you know, again, one of those endearing things about her that, you know, can either be obnoxious or endearing, but I find it, you know. Endearing. Yeah, I'm so with you. So. In this conversation... When I said that just now, Jenny looked really loving when she thought about Aunt Sassy. I do. I, I hope I always go to a loving place when with I think it. of Aunt Sassy. Hmm. Maybe she'll we be sh my lady butt. <laughs> <laughs> we should start wearing jogging suits when we do this. But it would make a lot of squishy noises, probably. I know, it looks really squishy. So Polly G also pipes in and says that they're adding two cast members that will be the Juna's character. I guess her character's name is Cassie. So it's very confusing. So the character of Cassie, who is now living alone, who we think is going to be living alone, is now hosting her two... Foreign pen pals. Foreign pen pals. And it's this amazing comedy team that... They saw at the Aspen Comedy Festival. Oh, and they're just going on and on about these guys. Who turn out to be such douchebags. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, they're they bring back all the my stand-up comedy pain, you know, from those mean male comics. I mean, they're not all mean. Some are lovely, but... But you can see why they appealed to Polly G. Yeah, because he's mean. And it's just... And douchey. And offensive, right. Yeah. Because he just just waxing poetic about their Pakistani gibberish and... Yeah, oof. Yeah, and, and we found these two fucking hilarious guys that we're bringing on to the show. Who live in another unit in the building. They're a comedy team I saw at the Aspen Comedy Festival. Yeah, they do this <laughs> They do this whole uh they do this whole like Pakistani gibberish yeah. thing. It's like <laughs> So they're gonna be Cassie's pen pals from India. Anyway, you'll see. Wow, comedy team. Fun. It's actually Juna who asks about Aunt Sassy. What about Aunt Sassy? Yeah. Oh, Tom gets a call. His kid has the flu and he's got to leave the room and Polly G won't talk about anything without Tom. What were we talking about? Aunt the, oh, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, things pretty much stay the same with you. You just come in and out of Cassie's apartment. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so I'm, I'm unaltered. That's great. No big changes no then. Yeah. Changes. Okay. None. Oh, great. So it's working for you. It's working. You're both happy. Great. 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 Yeah. Ah, good. Okay. And there is a kind of a sigh of relief. 
And I thought that was very sweet that Juno was looking out for her. She always looks out for her. Then we go into a rehearsal. The third scene is a rehearsal on set with the new cast Beepty members. Beepty boopty guys, or what do they call beady, them? Beady, the beady beady boys. Uh, the writers and actors are reacting every time that they do a bid, and they just think it's the funniest thing in the world. No, just the writers, not the actors. Right. You're right. It's just the, the writers. The actors do not like the beady beady boys. Oh, okay, let's move right. on. Next scene, everybody. Yo, my man, can, yeah. we, uh, can we do this again? We like to do things a few times just to play around. Tom, apology. Yeah, whatever you need, man. Whatever you need. Uh, but this time, I try to be funny. Uh, you don't want funny. This is a sitcom. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Where's the everyone? We're going again. Okay. Man, we're just standing around and watching everyone else react. Gentlemen, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, no. Chris right. and Jesse, the cast members, the guys from the beginning. This is when we really got to know them a little more. Like, we're finally sort of, they, they finally got their depth in this episode, I think. This episode also made me think what is going on behind the scenes of the comeback and was it already plotted out like this or was this a new addition because introduction of these two characters took away the Aunt Sassy slash Valerie Cherish versus everyone else. Yeah. They now she and the cast are finally bonding yeah. in a deeper way against these interlopers, right? There's these guys who've just like come out of nowhere, and I love the comment that she makes, and maybe it's in this one in this scene where, or maybe it's later where she talks about the tension between comics and actors. And I, I thought maybe you would have something to say about that at some point because well, you know. Uh, comics always hated when actors would come into comedy clubs and say, you know, write five minutes because and you could always tell they weren't comics because there's a whole special thing that goes into, you know, becoming a comic. It takes a long time to learn comedy timing. And then transversely, you know, uh, oh, I had the big word tonight. Woo. Transversely. <laughs> it was prescient. Transversely. That's the new prescient. <laughs> Uh, you know, when comics would get jobs from actors, actors would get really upset about it. And I was always both. I know. So that's why I thought so, you would have yeah, a really unique it was perspective. Kind of weird. And there are some people who are very, very good at the crossover. And Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, Robin Williams was one of those people. So yeah, Jim Carrey. was, yeah. And a lot of comics also trained as actors at some point. Right. Especially old school. I don't know about now. It's different it's, now. But I I train a lot of comics now in, in my acting classes. At the Actors Circle in Culver City. Personal. Personal moments. So many sitcoms and shows now are centered around quote-unquote well, actors who were also stand-ups. There was first. a period of time, and it was right... Uh, it was around the Seinfeld Home Improvement time that all of a sudden... They were handing out development deals to comics like candy, you know, and a lot of those shows would just fail because the comics couldn't carry the show. You know, they just thought, well, if one comic can carry a show. Right. 
And it wasn't an unusual thing. I mean, you had Bill Cosby. and Right. And I'm sure, like, in the 60s, there was certain... But at the same time, like, the Dick Van Dyke show, I'm thinking about... He wasn't a stand-up. He wasn't a stand-up. But a lot of the people who wrote for him were comics or comedians. True. And had, but they were usually the writers right. of those shows and not the And they were the people actors. in the writer's room on that show. That was so funny mm-hmm. to think about that. So, we di- we are digressing, but here we are in Chris and Jesse. Showbiz moment. Showbiz moment. Woo! <laughs> Chris and Jesse are having big feelings about the introduction of the Beady Beady Boys, and you can just see that these really hot guys who've been sort of the center of attention and are now being pushed to the back burner are having a hard time with it. And uh, Valerie says to the boys, welcome to my world. Yeah. Because they're very upset uh, that the comics are getting whatever they want. And Polly G is more than happy to give it to them. Then we are at home with Valerie. She's ordering or eating takeout with Mark from Toscana. Valerie does an imitation of the Beady Beady Boys. <laughs> but whenever she's doing any impression of somebody, she ends it with the robot. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I'm doing a robot right now. I'm going to notice it from does. now on. Yeah. Or some version of the robot. She does. That's really funny. Now I'm going to look for that. And Mark seems to be enjoying it. Mark, like the good husband, enjoys enjoys it through the filter of her. And she's very upbeat because her part hasn't been cut, really, at all. In some ways it may even be expanded. We don't know. And Francesca and her best friend, Kala, or Kala, what is it? Kala, right? Yeah, who, by the way, little was my student at the time. Her name was Willa Holland. Ah. And then she went on to be on the OC, playing Misha Barton's younger sister. She was on for like the last two seasons. Uh, yeah, Willa. Hey! Yeah, woohoo! Pretty girl. Actor circle moment. <laughs> Actor circle moment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so proud of Willa then for playing Kala. Yes, she was good. Yeah, she was. The funny thing is is that they're late and Valerie is telling Mark like, well, she's she's late. This isn't the time she said she'd be home and sort of scolding him or about what kind of a father he should be, really, without saying those words. Right. And then once she finds out that they were at Kevin Costner's house, she changes her tune, even though Mark is like, hey, listen, you know, 7.15 isn't 7, or whatever the, the time right. is. And she's like, hey, you know, look, they're at Kevin Cosby's house. And she is just a celebrity whore. She is, <laughs> indeed. So they ask if the girls are hungry, and they say no, they've split an Atkins bar. Again, another food issue, running theme. And Francesca agrees to eat some rapini. Kala and Francesca are texting back and forth at the table, and Kala wants to know if Valerie will take them to meet Juna at the Virgin Megastore, where... Oh, I miss that place. Where Juna will be signing her album. Oh. Yeah, it was strange and kind of nostalgic to hear them talk about the Virgin Megastore and then be there later on in the episode. You know, it's funny. I see, we see, because this was shot in LA, like a lot of things that aren't there anymore. Yeah. In the show. Ten years ago. I know. It Sad. doesn't seem like that long ago. I wonder if they ever went to Ships. I think Ships was gone before then. Was it? Oh. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen Valerie Toast Toast at the table. Then there's a moment at the very end of the scene, too, where I, where Valerie offers the girls milk. 
Which very funny. She's trying to be a mom. And Mark says, it's skim. As if that is going to be what makes it okay for them. The next day they're on set and Valerie is kissing up to the Beauty Beauty boys. She's just trying to get along and they haven't been around so who knows. It's like Gigi, maybe they'll be new allies. Jenny put some delicious water out for me and I want to make sure there's not a roofie in it. Well, if there is, things are going to get pretty special around here. (laughs) Girl on girl moment. Girl on girl moment. (laughs) Why is your husband knocking on the door? (laughs) Hello, ladies. Somebody asked for a little more cowbell. (laughs) Uh, Back to the program. Uh, so Valerie's kissing up to the new guys, and they're fucking around with her. They're not being nice to her at all. Like, no, why does, nobody likes Valerie when they come in. Right. Or like Polly said, you can make fun of Valerie, we hate her. Right. like, they've been given free reign. Exactly. They're douches. I don't like them. They are not likable. No. You know, it might be real fun. If, uh, Sassy thinks she can understand your language, you know, you know, except she's doing it her way. Root doot dee doot doot dee doot. <laughs> right? Okay, we're Indian, so you saying that is like a white person making fun of an African American. I'm sorry. No, I'm fucking with you. Oh, very good. <laughs> you got me. That's good. Listen, um, can you um, can you not say the F word just because it's a network reality show? I'd love to use you on it. Ah, uh, fuck, I'm sorry. Hammerhead, you just said fuck again. Don't say fuck or they can't fucking use it. Oh. Okay, good. I'm gonna head up. Okay, so I won't say fuck again. That's right. Now, what were you not gonna say? Uh, fuck? That's right. Don't say fuck. Okay, got it. No fuck. Actors and stand-ups. It's always a dicey mix. Oh, fuck. I just said fuck again, didn't I? Fuck yes. And, oh, they keep saying fuck so that, that she can't use any of the material on the show. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jesse and Chris are watching it and... They are watching it from the sidelines, and they kind of step in, and they're really upset. And they're the way they're treating Valerie. And doesn't don't they attack them? No, that's later. Oh, whoops! But at this point, she this is where she tells them that actors and stand ups don't mix well. Or what did she say? She calls it a dicey mix. Stand <laughs> actors and stand ups as a dicey mix. Then she's at lunch with Mickey, and while they're eating, Jesse and Chris come up, and this is, it's so much like high school. This whole episode is like high school. It's so, you're right, it's completely high school. And she's hanging with the cool kids, right? They come up to her, and they want to know why she's hanging out, or being nice, or trying to even be cordial to the beady beady boys. They're trying to freeze them out, and they're trying to enlist her. I know you're upset, but you can't let that... We can't start turning on each other, okay? We have to be there for each other. That's what we have to do, all right? We're we're the original five, all right? We are the show. It's not cool. Boys, it's TV, okay? It happens all the time. And you have to learn to roll with it, my friends. That's how you survive. True dad. Mm. All right, but you are upset, okay? I hear you. But I think, you know, maybe, have you considered talking to Tom or Polly G about how you oh, feel? Oh, man. I mean, Polly's always laughing at those guys. Well. He doesn't even, like, want to talk to us anymore. Oh, man. Oh, come on, man. That's cool. Is he crying? Chris and Jesse are very upset, and Jesse wants to quit, and Valerie gives some of her advice. Be professional and... 
you have a contract, blah, blah, blah. And Mickey is totally being supportive of her. Uh, but at the same time, he is not helping. He's also trying to support the guys and be a part of it. And everybody feels rejected by Polly G. And Chris breaks down crying. He can't control his emotions. And we see a little bit more about that character. He's very sensitive. What is it? He had an abusive father. Yeah. Was it right. Jesse tells yeah. him his, his dad was an alcoholic or abusive or both? Then we cut to the in or the exterior of the Virgin Megastore, and there's a huge line of people waiting to go in and get Juna to sign their album. Francesca doesn't want to stand in line, and it doesn't matter because Valerie's not going to stand in line and takes them to the front. Kala takes out uh, is it Kala? 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 Uh, it's Kala. Kala. Kala takes out a a cigarette and starts to smoke, and Valerie has a very strong reaction. Is that a cigarette? Is that a cigarette? Yeah, Kala smokes. Oh, no, Kala doesn't. <laughs> you have to put that out right now. It's American Spirit. No harmful chemicals. No, just tar and nicotine, that's all. Put it out right now. Valerie, <laughs> you're embarrassing me. Look, you can't have a minor smoking on my show. It all the time, Val, it's okay. Out, Stop. it has to go Val, out. Stop arguing with me. People are staring. Should it? Like, hurt someone. You know that guy, Chris, on your show? Yes. He is so hot. I love it when he takes his shirt off. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, very, very cute, Chris. You've got to hook me up with him. And now I'm in jail. <laughs> Even though uh, Kala tells her that it, it's okay because it's an American spirit. Yeah, like that makes it like organic. It, right, it makes it okay. Valerie says no minors are going to be smoking on her show. And she has a point. I mean, yeah, insane. A 12-year-old lighting up. I mean, I was ballsy when I was a smoker, when I was a young smoker. And, like, I thought it was a big deal when I was smoking a cigarette around my mom at, like, 20. <laughs> like, I thought that was, that was pretty badass. But 12 years old? That's insane. Personal. Personal moments. <laughs> Valerie says there's no minor going to be smoking on her show, and nobody else from the show has shown up to Juno's record signing, and they go inside, and Valerie gives advice again and, and tells Juno to listen to the cast members because they're really upset about everything that's going on and that she should connect with them, because also because Juno's character has not been altered at all, and she's almost getting more to do, right? And she's got the beady beady. It's really focused on her and everybody it's else. It's become the Juno show. Yeah. And I think they're probably all kind of mad at her, too, deep down. And she hasn't done anything. Right. It's just she happens but to But that's be... just the way it goes. It's a jealousy thing. And it happens with actors. I see it all the time, you know? I have this group of kids in, in my class, and the, these four boys, and they always, they're best friends. But they're always up for the same parts, and one of them inevitably gets it. And then they try and be really nice to each other, but you can see deep down, they're like, yay, good for you, you know, and they're kids on top of it, so. So there's a part of them that is wondering, why not? Yeah, me? and I think that the, I, the you know, we, this cast member, the, the, all the roommates, they're kids. Yeah. They are kids. And it is so apparent in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So Valerie is worried that the girls, she's lost the girls and that they've gone off to smoke. So she she takes her leave and Juna goes on to sign more autographs, I'm sure. 
Next thing we know, we are outside of the set. Valerie comes out of rehearsal and all the kids are gathered and they're very upset, led by Chris and Jesse, whose entire storylines have been cut. And they they list them, one of them, the firecracker in the ass, the socks <laughs> on our dicks, running around the library, everything. Val, Good. they just cut Chris and Jesse's whole storyline. Oh boy, the whole story? Yeah, the whole thing. Oh. They cut the scene where he put the firecracker in his ass. Uh -huh. They cut the scene where we put the socks on our dicks and ran around the library. That was my best scene. Everything. Yo, we have like three lines in the whole fucking show now. I mean, the entire episode is about those lame-ass beady boys. As if they're the most brilliant Shakespearean acting moments. But they're, they're losing the sock on the, the dick I bit. hate when I lose my sock on my dick. <laughs> I hate it, Jenny. Valerie makes a comment that the beady beady boys are just a Mork from Orc ripoff. And everybody just stares at her like, Like, what? <laughs> I have those moments more and more when I make references to movies and TV shows. And it's sad, isn't it? It's crazy. Well, I told you that when Tom was editing the episode directed by Eric Stoltz. <gasps> Personal. Personal moments. And nobody, well, very few people around the office at White Collar knew who he was. That and, is crazy to me. And one of the PAs who didn't know came back and was like, oh, yeah, now I know who he is. You mean the guy from Pulp Fiction? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes, like, yeah, that was his sort of a comeback. <laughs> Should we well, say, you know what? It was a comeback. He's never needed a comeback because he's been directing and that is, all this time. And that's know. that's actually one of the things Tom learned. Him. And he loves to direct. That's like his thing. I love him. And he's, he's talked about him. Apparently, really great guy, good director. I want to marry him. Very thoughtful. We need to move on. Or I'm going to go to an Eric Stoltz place. We're moving on. <laughs> Oh, but in this moment, they don't know Mark from Mark. They yeah. don't know who it is. And she says, she says, Robin Williams. And they said, oh, right, from Jumanji. And right. it reminded me of that. That's like the Pulp Fiction reference. It's like the Pulp Fiction yeah. reference. Juna wants everyone to stay home the next day. And so now she's taken up the cause. And she's joining with the boys and Shane. And Valerie keeps advising them that it's not a good idea. She's coaching them, advising them. Yeah, so we thought yeah. that yeah. we should all stay home from work tomorrow to protest. Oh yeah. boy, not a good idea. Yeah, okay. it is. No, it's... See, if we all stay home, then they have to listen to us. No, listen, listen, kids. All right, all right. <laughs> we have a contract, okay? And if you stay home from, if you stay home from work, then you are in breach of that contract, oh, and they can God. fire you. They can, or take away your home. Yo, I rent, so. <laughs> All right, they can take away your BlackBerry or your or your PlayStation or your truck, whatever it is that you love. They can take it away. That it's a breach of their contract. Shane pipes in and says that her agent had said the same thing, and that it's a bad idea, and that she has to show up. But she prayed on it, and. JC says she should. She well, should, JC. Yeah, if JC says that she should stand with the boys. And then Chris starts crying again. He gets very emotional. Jesse appeals to Valerie and asks her if she'll take a list of their complaints to Polly G and Tom. He throws Valerie's words back in Valerie's face. You know, listen, I, I, I have property. Val, and you're the I, one that said that we have to be there for one another. 
right? The original five. You said that, you remember? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. When Jesse told me you said that, Val, that it was, was so beautiful. Well... Juna starts putting pressure on Valerie as well, and Valerie keeps saying, this is a big building to leap off of. She's very hesitant, but ultimately she agrees, okay, fine, I'm in, I'm with you guys. She, she, peer pressure. Totally. I would have probably too. All right, I'll do it. Yes! yes! I'll do it. Thank you. All right, no, I stand by you. I stand by you, okay? Stand no by you. So yeah. What do you do there? She was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Poor Valerie. Poor Valerie. And she was trying. She was really trying to be the grown-up and the sensible one. But then there are times when she just doesn't want to be the grown-up, too. Yeah. And she's already the target. I know. That is also a little odd to me that they were putting her in that position when they... They're, not they're all a little... Slightly clueless. I think that they all are slightly clueless. That's the way they're written. Okay, so maybe they're just clueless, but they just put it all on Valerie. Then we cut to a testimonial with Valerie sharing her feelings about the staging of a coup the next day. The cast members are going to stay home. Mark pipes in and says that Valerie is as bad as Francesca with the peer pressure. There you go. How do we think this? Mark, don't listen in. It's a private personal video diary. I'm just telling you how I feel. Well, I know how you feel. All right, but this ship has sailed, and I'm on it. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you want to make a stand... Mark, Mark, I'm not doing this with my head, okay? I'm doing it with my heart. Okay. Okay. You know, you're as bad as Francesca with the peer pressure. Valerie is to these kids like Francesca is to Kala, or Kala. The cool kids. Excuse me, I didn't mean to yawn. It was nothing to do with you. You're scintillating. One of the comments Valerie says is that she's she's not doing this with her head. She's doing it with her heart. She said it really dramatically, too. She said it totally for the camera crew. And Mark is like, okay, you're going to do what you want to do, but I'm just looking out for my girl, you know? Oh, I loved him there. I didn't even think about his lady butt for a minute. His lady butt. I know. Going on video record right now by saying, even though I am planning on doing this, I do not endorse it. I do not endorse it. And I have it on record. That's not legally binding. Mark, all right. She's going on record as not endorsing the walkout. <laughs> <laughs> what does Mark do? I don't know. I like the idea that he's a lawyer or some. Yeah, I something. feel like he's something, you know. But they never really tell us. He's a businessman. Again, he's got to do well. It's the next day, and Valerie Cherish is hanging out with Francesca and Kala and some, maybe some other friends in sunbathing. You know, they asked me to be there for them, and I did. Loyalty is important. It's important. You know what else is important? What? Health insurance. It's one of those things that Nikki says. It's like, don't forget about me. <laughs> don't forget about everything you do affects me, Valerie, right? Mickey doesn't think she should rock the boat, and Kala wonders... Val? When they asked you not to work, was Chris wearing a shirt? Oh, she's so into him. She is obsessed with Chris. Uh, what's that actor's name again? Kellen Lutz. Yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen Lutz. What a name. I know. He's such a hot guy, and then Lutz is not a very attractive guy. You know? He's and the guy in the Twilight movies. And Beverly Hills 90210. He didn't change his last name. No. He's right up there with my friend Matt Letcher. Caleb Lutz. Way to work in, you know, an actor. I know 
I know more than one actor. Me too. I may know several. Some of them even get paid to work. Wow. Personal. Personal moments. So then Valerie gets a call from Juna, wondering in a panic where Valerie is. Valerie, very upset, says that she's at home. They were supposed to stay home. And Juna says that the cast went in, and apparently they went in without telling her. Why didn't they call her? I don't know. Why did they do that to her? I'm very mad at them for this. I know. Pissed off. This is kind of like Juna calling her about Polly's party. I or know. Juna is calling she that her. much of an idiot? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Sometimes she seems like she's that much of an idiot, and sometimes she seems like she might have an agenda. Regardless, Mickey and the crew panic, and they're trying to get her out in 10 minutes. Everybody's rushing, panicking to get out of her house. She's tripping over shit, and she's in her sarong, right, trying to get out. She's got to change clothes. We see her on set next. She arrives and finds out they're on break, and Mickey is totally winded, and there was twice in this episode I thought Mickey was going to die. I thought Mickey was going to have a massive heart attack. I wonder if he's in the new season. I would think you would have. Would I have to look Robert Michael. This is his name. Robert Michael Morris. Okay. So they're back on set and Valerie storms into the dressing room where the kids, the quote unquote kids, the other four members of the original five are, and she shuts Jane out. She closes that door. She is pissed. Yeah. Which I was like, you go, girl. Yeah. You go, Valerie. Oh, All right, I need here. a minute. I need a minute. Wait, please, please, Jane. I need a minute. Yes, yes, I did. And Mickey is almost dead out there in the hallway. Thank you. Thank you. Now, listen, everybody. I have never, never not shown up for work, ever, in my life. Not even episode 37 of I Met when I had walking pneumonia. Oh, my God. Val, we are so sorry. Well, why didn't you call me, Chris, huh? We're supposed to have each other's backs here. No, no, don't cry. Nope. Val? Yes, Eddie? Tom and Paulie G are waiting for you in their hangout room. Okay. Okay, now? She is, like, no longer trying to be the nice one. They fucked with her and made her... She is such a pro, always tries to be professional. Tom and Polly G are waiting for her. And it sounds like she's being pulled into the principal's office. Oh, my God. I was so scared for her. You know, because Polly G hates her so much anyway. But also, what are they going to do to her? I know. It is like she's being called to the principal's office, and they were all going to skip school, and she's the only one who did. Well, that is what happened. Right, and she's going to get... I can't believe that happened to her. There'd be no show if it didn't happen to her, so there you go. It's the situation in the situation comedy. So she goes into the meeting with Tom with Tom and Polly G, and Polly G starts the meeting by asking what her problem is. And Tom asks why she stayed home, and is very clear that he thinks that actors only stay home when they're upset. Do you have a problem with... The new guy who's taking your stage time? No, 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 no. Oh, I don't have a problem with them. They're funny. I think they're so funny. Root, doot, 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 doot. See? No, Yeah. No, it's just, here's the thing. I just stayed home because everyone else was going to stay home. 
Nobody else stayed home. Well, I know, yeah, but they were supposed to stay home. <laughs> so. Wait a second, who was going to stay home? Well, I don't want to name names. This is where Valerie got, well, let's cut to the chase. This is where Valerie actually did tell them the whole list of complaints. And Tom looked so upset. And so did Polly G a little bit. I mean, she, this was like the most honest I've ever seen Valerie. It was amazing. Let me just say, you should know that they're, um, you know, you've got your hands full here with the, with the kids. The kids are the ones with the problem. Yes, Polly. Yes, they are. Chris and Jesse feel very threatened by the beady beady boys, especially Chris. The what boys? The, um, I'm sorry, Greg and Veneer. Uh, Kavin. Yeah. What, why do you call them the beady beady boys? Oh, beady beady, but, but, you know, Chris thought it up, actually. He said he was so effing mad at them, he couldn't even say their names. That's... Oh. Well, then why didn't Chris come talk to us? Well, apparently, um... Apparently his father is a huge alcoholic, and so he has some issues with, you know, I should, you know, let's, do, all right, <clears throat> yes, okay, yes, I stayed home in support of them, you see, in support of them, but I have it on video record that I did it, but I, I did not endorse it, okay, I did not endorse it. Look, okay, look, you need to know that a sitcom is like a family, all right, and this one needs your attention, you are like the parents to those kids. You know, Polly, you're like the wild out there dad. And and Tom, you're the the mommy. And Lisa Kudrow fucking nails it in this scene because she is really very real. Yeah, At really that moment, real. like you said, like, Valerie is totally letting her walls down. She is being herself. She is desperate to protect herself and her professional reputation, but at the same time take care and represent the kids as well. Even right. though she's pissed at them, it's very parental. Even though she's pissed at them, she's still standing by them. All right, look, all right. Well, my only point is that the kids have issues. You need to talk to them, and I don't want anything. <laughs> okay? So if you could just get, you just forget about all of this, all right? And, and I promise I will never not come to work again. Fine with me. Mommy? She's kind of amazing. Yeah. And she makes it very clear that the kids are the ones with the problem and she tells them everything and she tells them that they're the parents to these kids and they better get their shit together. That she has no issues and she really schools them on the meaning of family and how you treat your cast and being aware of how people are reacting to what you're doing. And I thought she really was awesome in that scene. She was awesome. And you're right. They, Tom and Polly G have very clear reactions and they head over to the dressing rooms. Tom and Polly go into talk to the actors, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So they go in to talk to the actors and the beady beady boys come up to her. They start taunting her and they're like, yeah, real professional keeping us waiting or. Hey, pro. Thanks for keeping us waiting. Well, I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Maybe you don't keep me waiting while you work out your bits. Okay. okay. We're trying to make your shitty sitcom funny. Don't talk to her like that. She's just one of us. Don't talk to her. I'll kick you off back to Respect her. She's one of the original five. I hate that. Right. They are such douches. Chris 
just lunges at them. He like, That's right. flies out of the dressing room and just starts like attacking them. I love that moment. We all wanted to do that. We all wanted it. Uh, and Polly G and Tom have to step in to break it up. I know that was good. What do you expect, man? You're taking all of our stuff. All right. I think, you know what, now the good part is now it's going to be about healing. I think, you know, that's things have to blow apart before they can come back together again. So that's the good news. This was like a really beautiful moment where. The, Chris is standing up like, I think he says, you don't talk to her like that. That was great. I loved that moment. It was the first time we've seen anybody stand up for her. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, they are growing together. Yeah. I'm also wondering if Chris is having some flashback, <laughs> like protecting his mother from his abusive father. I always feel like June is sort of a, I mean, she's sort of a mother figure to, figure to Juna, definitely. The way Juna attaches herself to her. Oh, yeah. I agree. After this scene, Valerie returns home, and there are more kids outside, and not just more kids hanging out with Francesca and Kala, but boys as well. And the kids are drinking wine. Yeah, and, and Francesca's like, what? Uh, Kala opened up a bottle of red. Are you smoking? Are you? No, don't throw it in the pool. What's the matter with you? Is that wine? Is that wine? Kala opened a bottle of red. Oh, you did, did you? You know what? Yeah, it's a big deal. I'm calling your mother. I'm going to have a conversation with her. I thought you were cool. I am cool. I'm just not a criminal. All right? I thought that was one of the funniest lines. No, me too. Kala opened up a bottle of red. It's just such an adult thing to say. I don't remember wanting to drink wine when I was a kid either. That was not. That was not the booze. Well, we drank Annie Greenspring's or Boone Farms. Boone Farms, we California Cooler, yeah, Seagram, Zima, Zima, Zima. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we just aged ourselves horribly. But really, it was peach schnapps and oh, orange yeah. juice, everything fruity, anything that you could hide the taste of alcohol yeah. in. Personal, personal moments. She is really at this moment an adult again. She's yeah. very much the adult, and I think she has clarity about. The importance of being the grown-up and not being one of the cool kids. It's not as important to be one of the cool kids. I have had that in my own life. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially working with younger people yeah. at the studio. So she kicks them all out and she's going to call their parents and there's a boy trying to get over the fence and she's trying to get the reality crew to wrangle him. Chase him. Oh, that was hilarious. She's like, where's Esperanza? Francesca's like, I sent her home. Yeah, that's the other thing. I sent the housekeeper home. I, the little shits. Help me, guys. Come on. Come here. All right, come here. No, 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 no. Don't, don't climb over. No. I don't want to be on camera. My parents will kill me. All right, what's your name? What's your name? Kevin. Costner. Chambers. All right, all right. Just come, guys. Jane, help. Someone, sound guys, get get him down. Oh, right, and the kid who was climbing over the fence, and she said, what's your name? He's like, Kevin. And she's like, Costner? (laughs) Because if it was, she would have. She, she would have been like, oh, come on back in yes. here. Right. I'll open a bottle of red. And she announces that she's done taking care of everybody and just walks out. As she walked in the house, I have to say, just as my closing notes for this episode, that was once again when you saw, like, she was wearing a pair of jeans. She's a great body. And it's so funny because, you know, the way they always talk about her on the show, it's like she doesn't, you know? Like, they de-womanize her. They desexualize her. But I love that they put her... Like, in her regular life, she's in clothes where you can see that. I think it's really good, really good direction there. In her real life, she is in juicy sweatpants. 
and outfits. Yeah. This episode was directed by Clark Mathis and written by Michael Schur. So overall thoughts? I like this episode a uh, lot. It set up, I think it set up a lot of the next ones that we're going to talk about. I think that it wasn't... The content in it wasn't the most earth-shattering, but it was. I think it was a lot of setup for the rest of the season because we really learned a lot about the rest of the cast. And we really... I think that this is also where she she shifted, and she's one of them now. I think what I really liked about this episode, along the same lines of what you're saying, is that she's finally being accepted, and she's also accepting her role right. in it. And I think Polly G and Tom had a different reaction, because I think they might have thought on a certain level that the cast members felt about her the way they do. Yeah. And they realize that it's not, and they think, like, she's the problem and not that they're the problem or the studio or the reworking or any right. of these elements. And they have to face up to that. Yeah, and it was, you saw that moment where they, you know, whenever you're the boss, I mean, I have this myself, those moments where you have to go, okay, wow, they don't like me right now. Right. And I have to manage this. Yeah. Not only dealing with actors, but dealing with young actors, some of whom this is their early job, so they're very right. insecure. They have to wrangle them. Wrangle. They don't have a lot of their aptitude. If you could see, Jenny's making a lot of hand movements uh, right now. They're not. But it's not, not helping oh, me. Oh, now oh, she's oh, pulling a rope. Oh, oh, she's pulling oh, oh. a tightrope. She's stuck in a box. You know I hate mine. You know I hate mine, Jenny. I was playing charades. Okay. I would say, up until now, this is probably my favorite episode because yeah. of that. Because I think that it's the first time where I see, like, oh, shit, maybe we are assholes from Tom and Polly G. Right. And, uh, and we don't want to alienate the cool kids. Because they are, I mean, writers, too, as we know, many of them were not the cool kids. No, And then once sorry. they get in that, that position of power. And you G wasn't. No. Or else he was, but he was because he could drink a lot and because he was nasty. Like, I knew right. those popular guys who were, like, the heavyset a-holes, you know, who they were popular because nobody wanted to mess with them, kind of. Right. Like the bullies. Right. And Polly G is a bully. He's, he's totally a bully. He's such a bully. And Chris, in this episode, wins my heart. You know, yes. And just him standing up for her is just... I mean, yeah. Juna has had little moments of standing up for her, but Chris is so... Yeah, no, I agree with you. Going out after the beady, beady boys is just a beautiful moment. Well, we and all hate those beady, beady boys. So I, I would say this is definitely like a 7 or 8 on a scale from 1 to 10 for me. And I'm only putting it that low, too, because I don't know what's coming. And I want to have somewhere to go. Okay. Sounds so. good. So next up will be episode 10, Valerie Gets wow. a Magazine Cover. Oh, I, yes, I'm excited. Ooh, Good episode. All right. Tony Dad's a penis. Sorry. I, I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I, I don't want to see I that. I feel conflicted. I don't, I don't need, need to see that. I don't want 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 to see that. Transversely, that's the new prescient.